Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along to, with us today as we get in the Word of God. And boy, this is going to be an exciting message. I really love what we're looking at today. A lot of scripture. Get ready to write it down, but I will leave it in the description below. I'll post the verses there uh, after I'm done. Jesus was born to die. This is Good Friday. We call it that, it doesn't seem like that ought to be named Good Friday, but indeed, the greatest deed ever done, the greatest good deed ever done for anyone was done, and we celebrate it today, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That was a good deed. That good deed is what gets us into heaven. Not our own good deeds, but the good deed done by Jesus Christ, the good work accomplished by Jesus Christ. The last thing he said before he died was this. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He finished the work of our salvation upon the cross. He was born ultimately to die. He was born to be that sacrificial lamb who would give his life for our sins. And the work of redemption was accomplished when he died upon the cross. He finished it. You don't have to add to it, my friend. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by our own good works. Now, remember, we, we do good works as a result of our salvation. And Christians, you and I ought to be known for our good deeds, our acts of love, our kindness, our care for other people. We should be known for these things. But the work of salvation was finished. And this was the most important work ever done. And because it was so important, there were so many opportunities to not do it. Friend, I hope you realize God calls everyone to make a difference in this world. Jesus, of course, more than anyone ever. But we're all to make a difference in this world. We're all called to do something significant. And because of that, there will be multiple opportunities to turn back, to not do it. Do you notice how many times Jesus would have had opportunity not to go to the cross? I'd like to look quickly at 10 of them. Are you ready? That's right, 10 times that Jesus could easily have avoided going to the cross. He knew what awaited him. He knew it was going to be physically Uh, immeasurably difficult. He was going to be scourged. He was going to be humiliated. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be be hung naked on a cross. What a terrible, terrible way to die. Who in the world would not have tried to avoid such a situation? In addition to that, he knew he was going to be bearing the wrath of God. It says when he was in Gethsemane, terror overtook him. Terror. That's right. Jesus Jesus faced fear. He overcame his fears, but it's not like he wasn't afraid. It's not like he didn't think this is a big deal. He was terrified at what he was about to experience. And yet he went all the way to the cross so that he could say, it is finished. Let's look at these 10 times that he could have, he could have backed out of and turned back and avoided this, um, his fulfilling his mission. Number one, we'll start with number 10. When Peter tried to stand in his way, remember Peter, he says the, that he's going to, you know, you're Peter Petros and upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he told them he was going to go to Jerusalem, be crucified and die. Peter said, by no means, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus rebuked him, said, get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block, for you're not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's interest. He could have easily listened to Peter. Instead, he said, Peter, get out of my way. I'm going to Jerusalem. Number nine, the next time, when traveling to Jerusalem, it says he set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. He knew what was coming. He could have taken a detour. He could have turned the direction. He could have gone another way. But he went to Jerusalem steadfastly, knowing what was awaiting him. Number eight, during the Last Supper, he announced there that one of them was going to betray him. And, of course, we know it was Judas. He said, someone who dips his, the, the, his bread in the cup with me here, someone is going to betray me. He could easily, during the Last Supper, have realized, I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving. I'm about to be betrayed. I'm going to die. I'm going to be rejected and crucified. He could have run, but he didn't. He knew it was coming. He, he was steadfast. Number eight, let's see, 10, nine, eight, number seven. While in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was there praying for three hours. He knew Judas was coming. It was out. It was nighttime. It was dark. He was out in Gethsemane. He could have gone somewhere else. He could have fled. This was a time when during his prayers, as I mentioned earlier, where he was terrified. Terror overtook him. It says that he was praying so that drops of blood actually were sweating, come dropping like, like sweat from his face. And, and in the midst of this, he took his fear to God. He took his terror to God. He was not ruled by his fears. He faced them and he overcame them. But he could have run. He could have chosen at that point, get out of there. They're, they're coming for me. I know it's just, it's just three hours away, two hours. It's coming soon. Any moment now, they're going to show up. He could have run, but he didn't. Number six, while being questioned by Caiaphas, they were trying to find a, they were leveling charges against him. They were false charges. They couldn't find witnesses to agree to find him guilty. And so Caiaphas finally loses patience. He says, I adjure you by the in the name of God, are you the Christ, the Son of the living God? Now, Jesus knew that when he said, I am, and from now on you shall see the Son of Man coming from the clouds of heaven, seated at the right hand of the Almighty, this was a claim to being the Messiah from Darren chapter 7, verse, I believe verse 14. Jesus knew that when he said that, <laughs> you know, it, um, pandemonium was going to break loose. He knew there that was going to drive them nuts. He could have said, oh, me and the son. No, no, you guys are misunderstanding. You didn't quite get what I was trying to say there. And they would have had to let him go. No, he stood firm. He spoke the truth, even knowing what was coming. He did not back down. Let's see, is this one number six? When questioned by Herod. When Herod uh, when, when, when Caiaphas sent him actually to Pilate, we'll get to Pilate here in just a second, sent him to Pilate. Pilate didn't want to deal with him, so he sent him to Herod. Herod asked him, Herod had been wanting to see him. He was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod was in Jerusalem for the, for the Passover at the time. He'd been wanting to see him, 
And uh, Jesus wouldn't answer him a word. He kept saying, do me a miracle. Show me somehow. Remember, it's quite interesting. Jesus said not a word to Herod. One thing's interesting to me, Herod had had John the Baptist beheaded. He had not listened to John the Baptist. He had rejected John the Baptist's reproofs and rebukes. He had him beheaded. He, John the Baptist was known as the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And Herod silenced the voice of this one crying in the wilderness. And when speaking to Jesus, he, he kept asking Jesus. Jesus said, not a word to Herod, not a word. Don't silence the voice of God in anyone's life because he silenced it. That might have been your last opportunity. Next, number, what are we down to about four, five, whatever number here we are. When Pilate sought a reason to let him go, remember Pilate's wife said, I had a bad dream about this guy. Let him go. It, uh, Pilate, you're getting in trouble if you sentence this guy. Let him go. Pilate even came to Jesus and said, uh, do you not make an argument? Are you not going to con compel yourself? I'm asking you, is there a reason you should be charged? Who are you? Pilate was giving him every opportunity to give an excuse to be let go. And Jesus said to him, basically, nope, not going to give you an excuse. You don't even have that authority unless it's given to you from above. And Jesus did not argue his case before Pilate, who could have let him go. Number three, he could have summoned 12 legions of angels to deliver him. This is what, when, when, when Peter took the sword and, and swung it at, uh, was it Malthus or whatever, but missed, got his ear, Jesus said, put your sword away. Don't you think I could call upon 12 legions of angels right now to come deliver me? That would have been, they would have vastly outnumbered those uh, soldiers who'd come to get Jesus that night in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he didn't call upon those angels. He didn't call upon God to deliver him there. He continued and went to the cross. Number two, he could have come down from the cross. Remember when they said to him, hey, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross, save yourself, show us, then we'll believe. Well, he could have done it. He could have come down. He, Jesus could do anything. And yet he didn't. Oh, I'll tell you, when I was growing up as a kid, I would read that verse and I'd say, Jesus, come on down from that cross. Prove him wrong. You can go back up and finish the job, but, you know, at least prove him wrong. But he didn't. He didn't give in to any sense of pride or anything of that nature. He, see, he remained where God had put him and wanted him to be, offering himself as a sacrifice on the cross. And finally, number 10, he could have stayed in heaven prior to the, to the incarnation. This would be, he didn't, even when it was, he realized his mission would be to come to earth, be born in Bethlehem, become a human, become a, a human being, and, and live on this earth, ultimately to face death as a sacrifice for our sins. He, I suppose he could have said, no, I'm not going to do it. Now, of course, you know, he never would have. He was always submitted to the Father's will. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Father, not my will, but thine be done. When it was difficult, when it was hard, he refused to, to give in to anything other than to do the will of God. And thus, at the end of his life, he could say this, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. I just love this verse. I find it a reason to praise Jesus, that he finished the work. 
He didn't just work for God. He finished what God called him to do. I know this is something that's motivated me, and I want to, I want to be able to say at the end of my life, Father, I glorified the unearth because I accomplished, I finished what you called me to do. I don't want to just be a working, working at it. I want to accomplish it. I hope you do too. And if you want to accomplish what God has called you to do, there'll be times for you and I to turn back as well. Brothers and sisters, let's be people who stick with it. Let's be people who, who, who finish our course, who run the race, who accomplished the work God has given us to do, and, uh, and thus glorified the Father in heaven. Amen? Hey, let's pray. Isn't that awesome? Aren't these verses awesome? Let's pray here. Jesus, thank you today that in all these opportunities you would have had to turn back, you never did. You never turned back. We want to give you praise and honor, and we thank you that on this Good Friday, we remember how you went all the way to the cross, not partway. You didn't just live a good life. You didn't just live a sinless life. You went all the way, and you were able to say, it is finished, and I glorified thee having accomplished what you gave me to do, what the Father gave you to do. We give you praise. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you you did all that's necessary for, our, for us to be saved. And now we just need to receive, by simple faith, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we bless you. And we thank you for the model you sent, set for us. And might we be people also who have that spirit of, I will never quit, I will never give up, I will accomplish what you've given me to do. We give you praise. We bless you with all of our heart, and we love you today on this special day. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, this is Good Friday. I hope that you make this a special day as we commemorate the, I mean, you'd think of the most significant events that ever happened in the world. They got to be the creation of the world, the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and one that's yet to come, the return of Jesus. So, I am glad you're along. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you will join us regularly. We come here every day, live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live, but you can watch anytime throughout the day, and you can even just listen on the, the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. If you're new, like the video, share with your friends, uh, subscribe to the channel. And all of us, let's have a wonderful, wonderful Resurrection Weekend Remember, it's starting with celebrating the death of Christ tonight, today, and Sunday morning. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about the resurrection and how we know it really happened. God bless you. I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.